What is up everyone and welcome to another episode of the Inkwell Gamers. Today we are going to be talking about set three and specifically diving into the Inklands just like it insinuates and talking about specific location cards within the Inklands. So today's going to be a really fun episode. Let's go ahead and dive in and get started. So Dalton, do you want to run us through what the locations are, how they work, all that fun jazz. Yeah, absolutely. So locations are a new card type to Disney Lorcana, and there are some pretty cool ones and some really interesting ones. They're brand new, and no one's really quite sure how they'll play out, but uh, we can get you started with an explanation of how they work. So let's take Neverland Mermaid Lagoon, for example. It is an inkable, one-cost location in Amber. It has a toughness of four, so willpower of four. So it takes four damage in order for you to banish it just like a normal character with four willpower would. It has a move cost of one and a lore of one. So you can play up to four of any one location in your deck. You can play as many of those locations or any locations you want to the board they are effectively always exerted so even if you just play it your first turn your opponent can still challenge it the move cost which is kind of the number on the left hand side it is the amount of ink you need to pay in order to move your character there and the lore on the card is how much lore you gain by moving your character there there are some cards that have effects only when they move to locations or while they're at locations for example the new ruby hey hey whenever that character moves to a location each opponent loses a lore oof <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah so if you have five locations out you can just keep moving them around. You cannot move a character to the same location he already is. So if you just have one location to play, you just can't pay six ink and move to Neverland six, the same Neverland six times, I mm -hmm. should say. Uh, when a location is banished, all of the characters that were on that location just fall off and they are in play just like they would be without a location. Right. Uh, I think that pretty much covers it. I think it's also notable to talk about the fact that you can move characters to a location the same turn that you play them. So even if they are still quote unquote not dried yet, you can still move them. And there's a card that I really want to talk about in a bit that is going to be really exciting to move to locations the turn that they're played. So it's it's going to be something to definitely watch out for. Oh, I also think it is noteworthy to talk about the fact that once you move a character to a location, you can't just take them off. Which, if you're thinking about it, once they're there, I don't know why you would want to take them off because being there will provide extra benefits benefits yeah, yeah. I mean, they just don't want you to move a character onto a location get its benefit like gain that one lore mm -hmm. and then take it off then move it on gain that one lore and do that like five times in a turn yeah to to kind of win the game out of nowhere so i'm, I'm glad they made that the way it is right for sure 
All right. So let's just jump into talking about some of these cards. How do you think that it is going to play out? I have a really hard time deciphering this because it's just completely different than anything else in the game. I think that in order to play locations, they have to do something really good because they just seem kind of slow initially. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the locations cost like three or four ink. And that's generally not a term that you can just take off to not develop the board because then you often just fall behind on board because your opponent has one, two, or three characters out. Like if your opponent goes Maleficent, Binder Time, into Pinocchio, into Arthur, and your turn three play is a location, you're just going to lose, I feel like. So I think the location has to be extremely powerful, uh, because they're they're just kind of slow to me and yeah that that's mainly it so I don't think they're gonna play out particularly well right off the bat there is one card we will one or two cards we'll talk about that might make them viable but I'm just not buying it so far mm. see I I ag- agree with you in the sense that I don't think every location that they have revealed so far has been super powerful I, I definitely feel like for it to be a viable component to your gameplay strategy it does have to be good however with some of them I feel like as more sets come out we're gonna see more locations as well it's just gonna get better in that sense but I can foresee the game getting much quicker because previously when you've had characters that might not have quested for a lot putting them at a location where they get that extra and there's also cards that you might get even more lore by them moving specifically to a location like what I was starting to allude to earlier. You have Peter Pan Lost Boy Leader where when he goes to that location, he gets lore. Every time he moves to a location, he gets lore. So the very first turn that you play him, normally characters can't quest or gain lore their very first turn. But when he moves to a location, which you can have him do as soon as you play him, that he gets a lore. So I think that is going to speed up the game quite significantly. Yeah, it definitely could. But also, if the game is getting sped up significantly, I don't know that you necessarily have the time to play a location. And then uh, in order to use a lot of the locations, you have to pay an extra one or two ink just to move the character there. Then you're kind of just playing off curve and that doesn't seem like a good strategy to me either. Like, in order to use Peter Pan and move to a location like Neverland, you would have to play him on turn four instead of turn three, and I just think that is too inefficient. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah, I, de- yeah. I definitely do. I definitely do. Well, <laughs> aside from us kind of ripping on locations as being bad... <laughs> let's at least jump into some of them and because they are exciting like yeah like we don't know how they're gonna play they could be really good yeah we're just Um, speculating and i definitely think that some of them at least have the potential so uh i think the first one you have listed dana is one that uh i think could actually be good yeah so my first pick for which locations so far are kind of becoming my favorite. My first one's the Jolly Roger. So characters gain rush while here and your pirate characters may move here for free. That second ability we might not see 
super consistently, but I think that first one is still making it be pretty good because yes, we have characters that naturally have rush already, but there aren't very many of them. And so the majority of the time, your opponent is not anticipating characters to have rush um, all the time. So I mean, you know you can anticipate some if you see your opponent playing a Ruby deck. You probably know that come a certain turn, you're going to see Maui. But I think having the Jolly Roger, especially being a one-cost card, if you get him out right away, pretty much every subsequent character that you play after that, you could potentially have Rush as long as you have enough ink to move it there. Especially, I feel like, if you accompany it with an item that or action that they've revealed so far where it makes your characters move to locations for free or for cheaper. So it's definitely going to throw off your opponent from knowing what characters they can anticipate coming in with Rush right away. So I think that might be one to watch out for. Yeah, this one is kind of reminiscent of the White Rabbit's pocket watch in the terms of the effects it can kind of have on the game. Instead of paying one ink to give a character rush, you're paying two ink to give a character rush. The difference is that this cost one and might be a little bit easier to get off the board because all they have to do is challenge it instead of have some kind of item removal. But at the same time, like when you have any of the Captain Hooks in your deck and uh, a lot of the Steel ones are actually pretty good anyway, mm -hmm. giving those characters rush particularly the one cost one, it just becomes a really efficient removal spell and just paying one ink for three damage to a character could be really good. Or if you don't have that one in play and you have thinking a happy thought in your hand, giving that character rush is also pretty powerful just because he's it would be essentially like having another Maui. So I think this one could be good, but again, only time only time will tell. Mm -hmm. I don't I think uh Ruby needs more than just the expensive Captain Hook in order for this card to to really shine. Yeah. You need some cheaper pirates. Yeah, for sure. All right, walk us through your first location that you wanted to talk about. So the first location I want to talk about is probably not as exciting of a location, but it is the Bayou. It is a one-cost inkable with three willpower. It has a move cost of one and a lore of one. And it says, whenever a character quests while here, you may draw a card and then choose and discard a card. So I kind of... I'm a little more interested in the cheap locations like this because they, like for one, it just comes down on turn one anyway. You're not often doing much on turn one a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And then all of your characters after that have this ability where you can just pay one to move here and then they gain a lore right off the bat. And then all of your characters have the ability after you play them to pay one, you can move that character there and you just gain a lore instantly. The only concern I really have with this one is that it is is that it does only have three willpower, so it seems like it might be easy to just get off the board. But when you start questing here, you get to start drawing and discarding cards, kind of churning through your deck to find the cards that you may need in that situation. And I think just seeing extra cards for such a cheap cost is really good. And it has a really cheap move cost. I'm, I'm mostly interested in the cards that have cheap move costs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, my second location card I wanted to talk about today was Montanui. Whenever a character is banished while here, you may put that card into your inkwell face down and exerted. It is a two cost inkable and it has a willpower of five, move cost of one, so still not too bad to move them there. I really like this, particularly because I dig like the ramp package that you get with Sapphire. I'm particularly excited about it because it is theoretically repeatable when something like Gramatala was not because it was just a one and done with Gramatala. But any of your characters that are here that get banished then basically becomes another Gramatala. So I think that that's pretty, pretty fun. You might argue that it is slower because you have to wait for them to get banished. But if you think about it, Gramatala gets ramped pretty quickly. Um, early in the game. It's not like it's another one of the Sapphire characters where it might ramp, but they're like expensive. I think the fact that this is only a two cost and you can get a lot of your cheaper ones out pretty quickly. I think we can see that ramp fairly early still to where it's not going to be too slow. So yeah, I'm pretty excited for this one. Yeah, I'm I'm a little less excited for this one. Oh. <laughs> um, the reason being is that your opponent can kind of just challenge the location instead of your characters, and then the location didn't do anything. Mm. If they, like, of course, they could challenge the location, not banish it, and then you attack your character into theirs as long as it's at the location, and then you get that ink because it's banish wall at that location but it seems like it might just be easy for them to wait until they can just take it down in one attack mm -hmm. essentially and then you don't really get any value from it you know and what i didn't see that play out <laughs> but now that you mention it i'm let's just move on <laughs> i honestly didn't think that through yeah i mean with bodyguards though I think that could be interesting just because they, if they have to attack the bodyguard instead and the bodyguards are there, then I think we're talking about consistently being able to protect it and being able to ramp pretty well. Fair enough. All right. What do you got next? So my next one is the Queen's Castle Mirror Chamber. It is a four cost inkable as a move cost of one. It has seven, count it, seven willpower. Whoa. And whenever a character moves here, you quest for two. Quite a bit. There's a lot of payoff on this one. But not only that, it has another ability. It says using the mirror. At the start of your turn, for each character you have here, you may draw a card. Typical Amethyst move. Card draw. Yeah. I think... So this one is expensive, but it's also inkable. So... If your opponent is like a slower control deck, maybe in the Amethyst Mirror, mm -hmm. where they're just, maybe they play like a Maleficent on turn three, something that's not really threatening, and you have a Maleficent on turn three, on turn four, you just kind of slam this thing down, and it's going to be a pretty tough card to interact with, because it has seven willpower. It's just going to stay on the board for a while. Mm-hmm. The next turn, maybe you play like a goat or something, move it here, or you play a three-cost character, you move that and the Maleficent you already have on the board to this location, so then you're starting to rack up the lore a little bit better, and then when it comes back to your turn, you're already drawing two extra cards, so you already got the value back from it. This one seems like it could be incredibly powerful in the matchups it's good in, and the matchups where it's a little too slow, it's inkable, so you have that flexibility, so you don't even 
like there, there's really no downside with this one and mm -hmm. i just see massive massive upside yeah like being on the play in the control mirrors this card seems like it just take over the game very easily sure what definitely you, yeah what did you think of this one dana i like it i like the two lore um i think that amps it up a little bit and like you said with it having seven willpower it's gonna sit on there a couple of turns until your opponents have something big enough to challenge it or if they don't then they would have to be trading multiple characters into it to get it off the board and then you're getting that card advantage because they're having to make an unfavorable trade into it to get it off so i like it yeah that one seems pretty sick honestly yeah all right, my next location card of choice is the RLS Legacy. It is an uninkable four drop, but it has a willpower of eight. So that's going to be pretty hard to get off the board. Characters will gain two lore when they move here, but the location move cost is three. So expensive in that as well. However, your characters gain evasive while here. And there's a second ability that is if you have a character here, you pay two less to move a character of yours here. So as long as you get that first one on the location, all of the subsequent ones will be just one. So not too bad as long as you get your first one there. But I think that first ability to get evasive is going to be pretty strong, especially because the willpower is eight. So it is going to take a particularly strong card to get that off the board, unless you also have a card that you're playing that can specifically remove a location, which I know that we did have a card come out in this set where you can banish a location. But other than that, it would be pretty hard to get this one off the board. I think it's going to be pretty strong against decks in particular that aren't playing an evasive package because they'll just have a hard time challenging your characters while here. I know for me in particular, I don't play an evasive package, but when I play your deck that has it, I have to rely upon my specific removal cards like Smash and Fire the Cannons that will help because I don't have specific characters that will do that. But I think if you have a location like this, that is one, hard to get off the board in and of itself, and two, make sure characters that are here have evasive. It's going to become way too overwhelming for your opponent to stop you. So yeah, I think it can get out of control really quickly. Yeah, definitely. This one looks like it's pretty strong. I think the biggest challenge is getting that first character there. We are going to talk about a card later in Jim Hawkins that makes it pretty easy to get a character here, mm -hmm. but that combo is not going to happen all the time. So just getting the first character here seems like a task, but after that, you get a really big payoff. You get two lore, all of your characters gain evasive, so... It looks like the power level for this one could be here. I think one of the things that you need to watch out for is that if your opponent has a way to directly remove the location, then once it's banished, all of your characters lose evasive, and then they could just uh, make some really good trades into it, so you kind of got to play around that. But with 8 willpower, that doesn't seem like the easiest thing to, thing to do. Yeah. 
Definitely. All right. What is your last location? My last location is the Pride Lands. It is a two-cost uninkable location with a willpower of seven. So a two-cost that takes seven damage to get rid of, that seems pretty good already. It has a move cost of two, and it has a lore of one. So your characters get a lore once you move the location. And it has the ability, we are all connected. Characters get plus two willpower while here. And Lion Home. If you have a prince or king character here, you may pay one less to play characters. So this one's really interesting. If you have some bodyguards, then this is just going to make them that much harder to get off the board. Can you imagine, like, the cheap Simba bodyguard? Yeah, I mean, that thing's already a pretty solid card. You get it here. It is a 2-5, just that much harder to get off the board, and that makes all of your healing cards, like Rapunzel, uh, gift with healing a lot better. And then, not only is it a bodyguard that can protect this, but it's also bigger... Uh, all your characters cost one loss to play, so you get that reduction that you get from, like, the Lantern, which the Lantern only applies to one character. This applies to them all. So I think that is also really powerful. Granted, you'll play Simba on turn two, this on turn three. You won't be able to move Simba here till turn four, but you're still able to move Simba here and then play a three cost character on turn four as well so you're not really playing that much off curve and then on turn five you get to start playing six cost characters uh, assuming this thing's still around and you have a character on here still so you get that ramp but not only can you play like a a six cost character you could play uh two four cost characters because they each get reduced by one Playing two force cost characters on turn six seems also really powerful to me. So uh, this is something that I have my eye on. I, it might be a little too slow still. It doesn't have the flexibility of being inkable, but there is definitely some power here. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. All right, well, I think that wraps up us talking about the location cards specifically. Let's dive into some support cards for those locations that have either looked good or fun and caught our eye. Do you have any that you feel like have been revealed so far that interact? Yeah, the first one that uh, really caught my eye besides Jim Hawkins, because that was probably the first like really exciting one revealed, but we'll talk about that one in a bit, is Treasure Guardian. So this is a Amethyst card. It is a four cost uninkable 6-6. Six, six. And a quest for two, but it has the ability that says it can't challenge or quest unless it is at a location. This one is really interesting to me because the size on it is just so big for a four cost character. 6-6 mm -hmm. six, six is huge. It takes out everything in and around its ink cost. And then it also has a pretty good amount of lore tacked onto it when you're not challenging. So it's going to be hard to take out for your opponent. And it's going to be a pretty good threat. So I love this one. This seems like a real payoff to have locations in your deck. Mm -hmm. My first card is Map of Treasure Planet, which is an item in steel, an inkable three drop. And it has two abilities, key to the portal. So you exert this to pay one less for the next location you play this turn. 
and then show the way you pay one less to move your characters to a location. Although I don't know how consistent that first ability is going to be because at least so far the majority of locations that have been revealed have been one and two costs, a couple threes. Um, we have some that are fours too, but I think by the time that we see this card, we would hopefully try to play out our locations already. And who knows, maybe in future sets, there'll be more expensive locations and this actually will help. But I think that second ability is going to be what's key because you get to basically make characters moving to locations cheaper. And any way that you can save ink is a plus because then that leaves you room to play other cards too. So the fact that it's also an item means that it is inkable and it's not just like a one and done action, you know? Yeah. So I think going back to your point of just paying less ink is really strong. I think that first ability is going to come up plenty of times just because you're going to have a one or two cost location that gets reduced in cost and that just makes it that much more likely that you're able to move one or two characters to that location in that turn, especially mm. with the uh, show the way ability. So yeah, this one looks like a pretty powerful and interesting card. Again, I think for me, like playing an item on turn three into a location on turn four, or maybe a location on turn two, an item on turn three, uh, you're just kind of asking to fall behind a little bit, so that kind of scares me. But because of the ink reduction in this one, I think that this is one of the cards that can actually help you catch back up at some point as well. Yeah, I could see it. All right, what is your next support card? So next we have the Magic Carpet. So this is a two-cost inkable character. It is a 2-1 that quests for one. It is evasive. And its ability is you can exert this character to move a character of yours to a location. So uh, if you have a one cost location, you can play this on turn two. And then your turn three you can automatically move the three cost character to the location you played on turn one by exerting this character. So that seems uh, kind of interesting. It's also just an invasive threat on turn two mm -hmm. that can kind of gradually lower your way up. This one seems pretty fun because I think as more locations get introduced and the location costs get up to maybe four or five if you can just exert this thing to move to a five cost location like that then you're kind of gaining a lot of ink and that's really powerful just like what you were saying mm -hmm. so i think this card's only going to get better the more locations we get and the more applications it has so my next card is kind of going along those same lines I am really excited about this one. So I really am digging the Voyage card. So it's an action, but it is a one cost inkable and you can move up to two characters of yours to the same location for free. This is going to save a ton of ink because two of the locations that I had talked about where the move cost is more than one, this is like the best bang for your buck because like the RLS legacy, you have to pay three to move one character there. But if you have this one, you basically get to pay one ink to save five because you get to move two characters. So I think that's 
it's, I think it's really cost efficient and really exciting because it's the same color as both of those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this seems like if the Ruby locations are good, then this would probably be a really powerful card to go in that deck. It is inkable, so you're never just going to be stuck with it when you don't have a location, mm -hmm. but you'll also have some pretty swingy turns by just playing down two characters, move them a location like the, uh, like the RLS Legacy. You gain a bunch of lore, your characters gain evasive, or maybe you just move a couple characters to the Jolly Rogers so that they can instantly challenge, mm -hmm. right? So this definitely has some interesting applications. I think it really just kind of depends how good the locations end up being. Yeah. All right, walk us through your last card. So my last card is Jim Hawkins Space Traveler. And now, I couldn't really relate to this card that much, but we just watched this movie very recently. Yeah, it, we both had never seen it before. And so I'm really sad that I never grew up with this VHS because I feel like I would have had such nostalgia to it, but it is such a good movie. Yeah, honestly, I wasn't expecting to be as good as it was, so I was really, I was pleasantly surprised. And he's a really harsh movie critic, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like, he, you don't like Encanto. That's true, I don't. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get killed for that one. Yeah, but, yeah, you, I remember when the movie was over, you looked at me and you're like, I really liked that. And I looked at you and I said, I really liked that, too. We were surprised. Yeah, that one was fun. So. Yeah. Back to Jim Hawkins, he is a five cost inkable character. He is a four four that quests for two. Uh, nothing to write home about so far, but he has two abilities. The first one, this is it. When you play this character, you may play a location with cost four or less full free. And he has take the helm. When you play a location, this character may move there for free. Mm. So that those seem like some powerful abilities because you're getting a four ink reduction just by playing the RLS Legacy for free. And then you're getting three more ink reduction because he moves to the RLS Legacy for free. Mm -hmm. So you automatically get that two lore. He becomes evasive. And, so And, sorry not to interrupt you, and now that he's there, the move cost for the location goes down from three to one. Yeah, so uh, if you play this on turn six, then, and you have six ink, you can automatically move one of your previous characters to the RLS Legacy as well. So that seems really powerful. And the more, again, the more locations that come out, the better this card will be because of the more options he has. I am particularly excited about, <laughs> again, another Ruby Amethyst deck, with him, the RLS Legacy, and the Queen's Castle, just starting your turn by being able to draw an extra card with the Queen's Castle as soon as you play Jim Hawkins seems really good. So I think that these three cards could be the center of a pretty sweet deck going forward. Yeah, I'm pretty scared, actually, and quite annoying because I know for a fact you're going to still be that Ruby Amethyst player, and it's going to be quite scary. Yeah, Ruby is my favorite color. Well, red's my favorite color. Ruby is my favorite gem, 
And that just happens to work out so well for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, I think when you consider Jim Hawkins in combination with playing at least the good locations that we've identified so far, it's going to be a pretty scary, scary combo to stop. So, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of sweet things that he could bring. Hopefully this flavor of Ruby Amethyst is... A little more enjoyable than what the previous flavors have been, but I'm still a little skeptical of that because we still got be prepared and people just hate that card. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this deck, this Ruby Amethyst deck, seems like it could be a pretty sweet version to go to. So I'm excited about that. All right, any other location topics you wanted to discuss today? You know. I wasn't really high on the locations coming in today, but talking about it has gotten me a lot more excited about them. I'm still not sure if they're going to be good, but Jim Hawkins seems really sweet. The Queen's Castle, the Jolly Roger, the Legacy, those seem sweet. So I'm excited to just brew some decks and just start playing with them. Yeah, I'm really intrigued to see how it's going to affect the speed of games. So only time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's probably something I'll uh, do this weekend is just start brewing brewing some decks with the new cards. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that about does it for our location talk. Next episode, I think we're going to dive in and start to talk about the cards that have been revealed so far. We've been holding off on them because we wanted to try to get as many of them revealed as possible right we wanted we basically wanted to make sure we had the whole set before we had that conversation Mm -hmm. and luckily today i think the whole set just got revealed so yeah next week we'll be able to talk about all the sweet cards and i think we're just going to give a list of our maybe top 10 to 12 cards each instead of the way that we previously done it yeah there are there's quite a few cards that have similar styles to ones that have already been revealed so we don't want to waste time doing that and we want to spend more time really getting into the ones that are most intriguing and most new and exciting so we'll have plenty of time for that yeah we only need to talk about the eighth analog to the goons right yeah <laughs> yeah so uh yeah i can't wait for next week to talk about those with you for sure and in the meantime we're gonna be doing an event this weekend so good luck to you good luck to you yeah it's on i'm gonna discard your deck so bad yeah it's a win a box um i'm pretty nervous about playing you my history against your discard deck has not been good so i've it's been it's been very lovely for (laughs) me so all right guys we hope you have a great rest of your week and we will talk to you next week have a wonderful day guys